0: Hi, Eric. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. And yeah, social media management is the technical term. You got that right. Is
0: that right? Social media management?
1: Social media and, management, yeah.
0: And do you consider yourself a social media management platform?
1: Yep. Social media management software platform, uh, social media suite. Like there are many names, but it's basically the tool that, or the tools that help you manage your presence on social media and make it seamless and profitable.
0: Seamless and profitable. Hmm. Everybody likes those words. Um, seamless, I think, is maybe one of the most overused words in marketing, but still a great
1: word. Like frictionless.
0: Frictionless. Yeah. Prefer. <laughs> um, Emric. This you've been on this show before, um, we've always had really interesting conversations, but for the people who don't know you, can you tell us about your role and what you do yeah, so at
1: Agorapulse? I'm the CEO uh, and co-founder. We started Agorapulse uh, 12 years ago. Well, wow, that's 12 years ago. 12 years uh, in. <laughs> yeah. And we're a bootstrap company, i.e. We have never injected cash in the business to grow the business. We grow the business with our customers credit cards, which is a good funding mean. And we are 170 people right now in uh, 15 countries. Um, 40% of our revenue comes from North America, 40% from Western Europe. We are at 20 million AR. And uh, we built that business inbound with an inbound motion and a product-led, you know, product-marketing-led motion. And um, yeah, well, and we have one thing that nobody else has because I filed a patent for it in the US, which is nice. a way to track your ROI return on investment from your organic social media activities, whether they are responding to comments or private messages or posting on your various social profiles. Like, we're basically able to tell you the traffic that generated, the conversions that generated, and the revenue if you. Have the right setup in your Google Analytics GA4, you can know all of that, and uh, it's quite it's quite an exciting differentiator. How long ago did you file for that patent? Uh, it's a long process. I didn't expect that to be that complicated and long, but uh,
0: and expensive.
1: Uh, yeah, well, it's actually more expensive in in the amount of time you have to spend on it than the, than the yeah. actual money. The actual money, if you ask me, is probably around. Twenty to $30,000. So, it's, you know, I'd say at our size, it's reasonable. Um, but the time it took was through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Very I'm tiny. sorry.
0: I just want to precision. You said 170 employees? Yeah. Okay. And are they, are they mostly remote? Or how do you organize that?
1: Yeah. So uh, we've always had a base in Paris. And that base in Paris has always been about the, the product team. So engineers and product managers and UI UX designers, those teams, they are mostly based in Paris. And they come to the office two days a week, at least. Uh, some come more often, but two days a week is the, bare, is the minimum. And everybody else never come to the office because they have no office. They work from home. Yeah.
0: You guys try and find a couple times a year where you get everybody together, or you do uh, things where you activities together.
1: Yeah, we did that before COVID, and then uh, we had to cancel our latest uh, company retreats when COVID hit in twenty twenty, and we've not done one since then because twenty twenty one there was still COVID stuff, and this is the kind of event you have to organize like eight months in advance. You know, you can't gather more than hundred people uh, with a two weeks notice. That doesn't work. You got to find a place and way for yeah. everybody to eat and and organize the, and have an ag- amazing agenda and everything and all the flights so you, you need time so we we couldn't do one in 2020 couldn't do one in 2021 and then in 2022 yeah like i think uh, some kind of a recession hit the world uh, i think you're aware and uh yeah you know, business is more difficult. And we are very much more looking at how we spend our money and how we save our money, we have not been able to find the budget. And now when you're when you're 170 people, the budget, it's, it's, it's it's crazy. It's a lot of money, it's very, very expensive. So we have not find a way have not found a way to do it again. But I'd love to be able to do it again. uh, In the future, I don't exactly know when. Um, but 2023 doesn't seem like a year we're going to be able to do it again. Uh, what we've done instead was team retreats, teams of sites. So we've done offsites for, for the marketing team and the sales team and the customer success team and customer support team. So those we're going to try to do more off. But um, you know, I'm not going to lie, uh, we are we are pressing pressing hard on budgets, and those those are those offsites are you know sometimes cut because because we can't we don't want to spend the money there
0: understand understood um how has the recession impacted your business i'm sure it's put more of a focus on roi for social media So you guys have probably built um a lot of maybe more your value proposition around that recently with the recession
1: yeah we're definitely insisting more on this um what what we're telling to the market is that if you're doing social media the old way without measuring anything you're probably going to be out of a job in six months but you don't know it yet (laughs) <laughs> and uh but that's very true i mean you know i basically talk to social media professionals and i tell them i'm a ceo i'm going to tell you how a ceo think yeah and the way we think or 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 any type you know any type of executive the way we think is we look at the activities and say which one are we 100 percent sure are contributing to the bottom line and those we keep sure <laughs> we not we're not cutting those But those who are not sure and are done by people who are expensive um, are the first to be cut. And you've probably seen in our industry a lot of layoffs, like a lot with capital L in the past 12 months. And hear me, this is not finished. Um, If you don't want to be part of those, then you have to look at your job. In, in, in a way that's more bottom line driven. And that's why we've, we've been focusing on that when we, when we communicate to the market, absolutely.
0: You piqued my interest by saying that this isn't finished, but I don't think we should, uh, we should divert. Otherwise we could spend an hour probably talking about that. Could be. Um, well, this, this goes back to some related things. So you were talking about a patent, um, but let's talk about some best practices. So one of the things is ROI. Mm. So you guys help measure ROI with your approach. Yep. Um, I think this is really important because I think a lot of organizations, unfortunately, especially if they're not mature, um, confuse activity with progress. Yep. So what ROI, so what companies should be looking for?
1: The confuse output with outcome. Yeah. That's something, that's a confusion I see across most of the marketing teams I came across. They think output is outcome and, you know, it's not the case. And that's a, that's a problem.
0: (laughs) Okay. So when people are doing social media, especially a SaaS B2B market, which we're talking about, Mm. um, what, what should they be
1: really looking at as far as ROI? So they should, first and foremost, as of today, 99% of the market on social media is focusing on engagement and, and visibility. That's the focus. The, the, that's the unique focus. What we're not saying is this is not an important focus. It is an important focus for sure. You want what you do on social to generate brand awareness and visibility and make your brand shine and make your product shine. Definitely you want that there's no question, you should not not do that. But if the our message is if that's the only thing you're doing, and you're doing nothing, To impact the bottom line, you will be much more at risk than if you do impact the bottom line. That's our message. And impacting the bottom line means that you are you are thoughtful of what social media can do to drive bottom line improvement. And unfortunately, most social media professionals are not thoughtful enough of that. And that's that's what we're trying to teach them and and help them with. Like, what can you do? So when you produce content and engagement on social media, it eventually leads to bottom line impact, and that's my uh, that's my that's been my passion for the past twelve months. So just to give you you know a couple of examples, um, we have customers of, of uh, who changed their strategy on social. They used to post content that was trying to drive you know clicks to the website and. and product purchase and that kind of stuff. And they changed that by creating content that was amazingly helpful. And that customer I'm I'm thinking about is in the health sector. So they were, instead of creating content, selling the medication, um, they were plant-based medication. So they were allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Instead of selling content that were selling the stuff, they were creating content about the affection and the disease and, and, and the, and the pains that the medication was supposed to address. And, were creating content about dealing with it um identifying it diagnosing it that kind of stuff and that was very interesting for those who were affected by those actions and 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 pains and they were engaging in the comments with those people those readers or viewers by by sending them to the the product page hey you know by the way thank you for your interest you know if you want to learn more about the product here you can find and um uh, instead of trying to, f- to sell in the first intention, they were basically helping and providing valuable content as the first intention, and then using the engagement on the content as the place where they were selling, the place where they were sending traffic to the website. So That's one example of strategically thinking about how can we get more people engaging with us and use that engagement to drive sales.
0: You know that that seems like such an obvious thing, but I see organizations repeatedly do this, and yep. people repeatedly do this all the time. And yep. It's almost kind of like you meet somebody, and to impress them, you talk about yourself. Yep. No, you meet somebody, and you ask them questions about mm. them, get them talking about them, yep. and and that's when you get to the heart of things. So, so it's like one of the first things is, is, is really know your audience, know what the subject is, and what they want to what what they want to know about that or how you
1: can be of help. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's it's very, very, it's very, very old learning from every, um, any business person. You absolutely don't want to talk about you. You want to talk about them and um, uh, trying to sell them a medication. is talking about you trying to explain to them how they can diagnose and how they can identify and how they can, or how they can de-identify. Like this is not what you have. If, if this is, if these are the symptoms this is something else. And helping them learn more about their, their, their health and, and how they can deal with that, that's talking about them. Um, and then when they're interested by that and they want to engage with you, then, then they gave you the right to now talk about you because you can do something about that. Uh, something else I saw that was very interesting as well from from companies that they were using. But you know, Instagram, is, it's very hard to track. Um, business impact from Instagram because there's there's no traffic. You you cannot measure traffic coming from Instagram because there's no traffic coming from from Instagram because there are no links in Instagram. uh, As simple as that, except for the links in the bio, but um, uh, in the posts themselves, you cannot or you can easily do that in Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, And uh, what they were doing is they were using uh, stories and in the stories you can put links and the story, but the stories were not again. They were not about the product. The stories was about the content and how helpful it could be for people who, who were affected by X, Y, and Z. And within the story, you had a chance to hey, you want to learn more? You wanna you wanna find out? You want to um, get advice? You know, message us. And then the story was generating private message on Instagram, and through the private message. Then the sales, the sales discussion was happening. So it was basically, they were given permission by the person to say, yes, I want to know more, tell me. And, uh, that's what social media has been about since day one, you know, the conversation, like, you know, please engage in conversation. I remember in the early days in 2010, 2011, it was all about conversations. But people have forgotten that um, uh, you still need to in- to create a conversation. You still need to trigger the conversation to be allowed to sell something that's of value to them. If there's no conversation, then it's an ad. It's it's not social media.
0: Yeah, I guess if if you're just using it to talk uh, talk about what your company does hmm. without really exploring everything that's going on around there, that's that's problematic. And hmm. I, I think it's also. No one's really going to pay attention and also the other thing on social media is you know great content is so important you've, you've got to stand out and I think if you're just talking about yourself you're, you're not going to stand out m- much um, what about I'd like to hear your thoughts on voice um, because a lot of organizations I'm not sure like do you have a thought like agora pulse I'm sure you guys use social media quite a bit what's do you have a voice do you have a? Kind of a, a contract with yourself on what your voice is and who you are as an organization. Is that aligned with your brand or how do you do that?
1: Yeah, I think we have a, a voice voice of the company document. Um, and I remember reading it in, in this document that, you know, you, that's, that's, you would like to have a beer with them. <laughs> so that, that's telling you that's, a, that's not a strict voice or corporate yeah. voice or a serious voice. It's a buddy voice. Um, so I think that has been defined. I'm not the one writing on social media or engaging on social media. Uh, unfortunately, I have a company to run, so I have very little time to do that. But I know it's been thought through and defined, and we, we define who we want to be when we present ourselves to the world uh, on social or anywhere else, for that matter. You know. Basically, we shouldn't present ourselves differently on social or in a conference or in a sales demo or in, in a customer support call. That's the same thing. And I, I, and I like this to be a consistent experience, basically. So, um, which, be, which goes back to our values and our culture as a company. And it's, it's, it's probably what it should be. Do not make things complicated. Like, look at who you are, how you talk to each other internally, and how you talk to each other how you talk to your customer or when you do customer support and prospect community sales and be that like, you know, define what that means and how it's called and, and be that when you're on social as well.
0: Yeah. When, when we identified or when we reworked the B2B rocks brand, we wanted to be youthful and energetic mm-hmm. and fun. Yeah, And I think our social media posts on LinkedIn, I've get, gotten doctored by a lot of people and they're like, it's it's fun. You <laughs> can't deny that. So yeah I I think that's that's good but again I don't write that content so not my thing um what are some what's some other aspects you think that are really important to ROI and and
2: return um
1: it's it's to be you you have to be a little bit creative because it's if you if you're not creative and you're going straight in hey, let's post on Facebook and add links to the post and track what we get. It's not going to work really well. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the tactics I've seen that were working the best were creative ones, like these um, um, Instagram story to private message to, hey, if you want to learn more, message us, engage the conversation, and then use that as the, the sales conversation starter. That worked really well, but it took them a while and a lot of iteration to figure out, oh, on Instagram, we can't do that. And it it works fine. It works well. Um, So trying things and iterating is necessary because the the, the natural incline will be to do the bad stuff or the wrong stuff, which is, you know, put a post on our latest product release and put a link to it. And um, that usually doesn't work really well. It only works well when the audience is, is already a community and they're very, very engaged and they're very, very excited. So I, we, we have one customer who sells um, T-shirts and caps and sweatshirts that, are, um, that have the logo of their American university sports team. And I'm not American, but what I learned from Americans is that their university sports team are really, really important to them. And this company is, is very, very successful with the communities of, you know, sports fan within universities and universities alumni. And they sell a sweatshirt or t t-shirt with your university sports team logo on it, and people go crazy; they want to buy them, and they have, you know, special deals with the university sports team to do that. And um, and they they are running those campaigns on Twitter where they promote new collections and the new logo and new university sports team and so on and so forth. And they don't have to be very creative because the community is so freaking engaged with anything, and they're so ready to buy anything that comes out. But it works for them. But let's face it: for most companies, ours included, this is not the case. You know, you have to be creative. You have to do something that's out of the box. And um, uh, well, as you would, you would for any kind of marketing activity. If you do, if if your if your company is not selling to an an, an amazingly um engaged community then you probably have to be think out of the box for everything marketing that you're doing right it's not it's not on yeah. social media if you do silly stupid basic marketing stuff that that's not resonating that's not triggering people making them feel oh that's amazing i love that and um and your community is not highly engaged with you or probably not going to make you know a great the, result. great impactful yeah, content yeah impact, for sure so It's not that different. I mean, let's face it. Uh, I I have a B2B software. It's not sexy. Uh, People are not crying and yelling to buy my product (laughs) when I release a new feature. So we have to be creative. You have to constantly ask ourselves, okay, what can we do? So we are exciting. So they are triggered. They are thinking, oh my God, that's interesting. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we build this ROI feature because we heard social media professionals and CMOs and VP marketing saying, yeah, social media it's a necessary evil we have to do it, but is it really worth it? Like we heard that over and over and over again for years and years and years. And we thought, okay, we have to solve for that. And um, we looked at the market and nobody else was doing it. So we said, okay, let's solve for that. And let's tell stories of how people are solving for it so we can inspire those who are not yet and, 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 and have, have a different stance on the market. So we did it because we wanted to be, to think out of the box and be different. Um, and I think you, you have to do that when you do social as anything else. Like when you Google that, if you do Google ads, like everybody else, you're going to pay $15 a click and your Google ads are not going to be worth it. They're not going to make money. They're going to suck money out of you, but not make money for you. And I think it applies to social media as well.
0: I guess, you know, there's increasingly, you know, you were doing, you were bootstrapped back when it wasn't sexy. Wasn't even really, uh, I'm not sure if it had been coined yet. I guess it had been coined as a term, but also, you know, product led growth as well. But, you know, with the downturn, as you mentioned, there's been this increased focus on customer acquisition and, you know, and and at the same time, customer acquisition costs because of Google and things like that keep going up. Hmm. So if you have this thing like uh, social media where you have, you know, an unexploited um, place where you can potentially drive. Uh, business or drive upsells or drive cross sales or, or 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 you know drive some additional leads but it looks like instead of saying hey this is our this is our new feature more things like it should be more like, hey dm us if you'd like to know more about what this new feature does mm. um or dm us if if you have this problem and we'll tell you about our new feature." Mm. um and more you know focus more on that and i think i just think it's so easy um as a marketer and as someone who communicates just to talk about yourself, it reminds me of a joke of the guy who <laughs> won't tell the joke online. That's a bad joke. All right. Never mind. We'll skip the joke. Um, well, good. These were all things that I had on here. Use um, Generate curiosity about your sales product. Um, I think a lot of times people do social media almost as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. It's almost like okay, we've written this white paper. Okay, we have this new feature. Now we'll do something on social media, and it's almost something that they pull together really quickly on, on Canva, and then they'll publish that. And they'll think like, done. I'm done. Got that that done, and and that's kind of the last thing. And they're they're not really thinking about how to work that. So I think it's a really important exercise to to turn things around and make sure that you're you're speaking and, and using the right voice. Um, how do you? How do you guys? What are the best practices you see for drive engagement? Do you see some other things people are doing? Um.
1: Uh, well, I, yeah, the people I see who drive engagement, and so wow. I, I'm going to be a little biased because I'm I'm a, I'm a LinkedIn. I'm most I'm more a LinkedIn user okay. than anything else, and everything I'm witnessing and I'm hearing uh, is more coming from LinkedIn. But I suppose it can apply to the other the other social networks. They're very, very consistent, which I'm not, by the way. Um, I, I'd love to, but I don't have time. Yeah. So they're very, very consistent. It's like...
0: Quite, so you mean regular?
1: Yeah, they post very regularly. regular. And, okay. and, and I can tell you, it's like, a, it's like sales or SDR. It's the consistency of the activity that eventually pays out. If you are doing amazing stuff, but it's very inconsistent and very you know, like rare, like it's never going to lead anywhere. So there is, a, there is a high level of consistency. And there's a high level of quality in what they share. It is, it's really interesting. It's really good. So usually you can't succeed at that if you're a rookie and you just started your career because you have nothing to say, nothing to share, nothing to give. So the people who do that, they usually have a career. They have done stuff. They have learned a lot of stuff. And they're basically sharing their learnings. And, um, uh, and they're doing that in a consistent manner. So that, those are the first two things. And the third, which is quite counterintuitive, is that they repeat themselves a lot and this is the skill that i still have to improve myself on (laughs) which is repeating myself because we feel sometimes that when we've said something once everybody have heard about it everybody knows about it but this is not the case so those guys are usually really really clever and good at repeating themselves without sounding like they repeat themselves i don't know if that's clear but um they're delivering the message the same message or messages in many different ways, uh, with you know, one time using video, one time using a graphic, one time using a photo, one time using a long piece of text, and they're delivering those messages over and over again through different mediums or different channels, and and they establish credibility around those things because now they're known for them. Um, they're known for the the the. The sales guy who has who, who, who talks about work-life balance—I don't know, whatever it is—and um, sure. eventually you become to, yeah, they are really good at that, and and that's because you heard them again and again and again say the same thing in different ways, in different shapes and forms. And I think uh, we all could get better at repeating ourselves without repeating ourselves. <laughs> that makes sense.
0: <laughs> well, I get you. I, I- I mean, the obvious thing that comes to mind for me is like when an organization, for example, takes the time to produce a white paper Mm. and then maybe an infographic derived from that white paper. Mm. Once you publish that, once you do a social media post on that, it may get traction. It may not get traction. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with going back to that in six to eight weeks and trying a different approach and remarket and relaunch uh, those on social media if it didn't get a lot of traction the first time yeah. and try a different approach. So I think like once you create a white paper or once you create some sort of marketing asset, I think you sh- should be, you know, list that asset and say, hey, have we gone back to this right now? Has something changed in the market where this is something or some news come out? Is there an opportunity here for us to go back to the well and, and, and reuse this asset? Yeah. Um, that's one thing that obviously comes to mind agreed um yeah it's it's such a it's it's funny i've been responsible for doing social media posts um and the other thing too is that internally um i'm not sure you know the tools for measuring roi is, It's hard because there's not always a lot of people that that understand the importance of this, of uh, the visibility you're creating for the organization and and uh, not even sure they recognize this as a channel. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that were on my my things. Foster ongoing engagement. You already addressed this. Identify address pain points. You address this. Um, Promote exclusive discounts and offers. I think that's useful. Uh, no, do? I
1: don't.
2: No, <laughs> that's good. That's
1: good. I don't. Uh, I, again, I'm in a B2B space, mid-market. Yeah. Uh, I don't think discounts or promotions are meaningful, and I don't think we should do them. Um, I think we should focus on the pains we're solving, and you know, get to an agreement that there is a pain, there's a problem, we can solve it, we can solve it in a meaningful way, make it can make a meaningful difference in their lives. And then we can talk about price and, and and see you know where it could fit. But starting the conversation with discount like makes me sick. <laughs> don't hold back, Emmerich. Thank you. Uh, I like it. Honesty.
0: Um, I had a friend who had a restaurant, and he never had loyalty cards. He's like, no, nope, not gonna do it. Hmm. You come to my restaurant because we have good food, please. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want. That's you a good one. A 10, I like that. Ten percent discount. Oh um i go to my hairdresser
1: because they they cut my hair really well I don't go i I don't go to them because they have a loyal loyalty
0: card (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a good point uh that's a good point um what about ads uh so social media platform ads um i guess the fact that you can measure roi on those platforms you could probably do a better job of tracking the social media ad benefits as well you see a lot of SaaS b2b's using ads
1: Uh, Yeah, I do see a lot of SaaS B2B using ads. Uh, I see a lot of SaaS B2Bs wasting a ton of money on ads as well. Um, I don't think they are really good at it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think they are not creative with it. I think most of them target competitors' keyword and try to steal their traffic, which I think is a very dull thing to do. Um. It did, we, we tried it earlier on in our in our life, and uh, what we got didn't work well i am guessing no it didn't work well at all it was It was a big waste of money. maybe it created some awareness, but I'm not even sure honestly I think when, when someone is searching for brand X they're just going to go to brand like ninety eight percent is going to go to brand x directly they're going to ignore the ads
0: they're already educated they're already. They're far down the funnel, I think.
1: Uh, maybe 2% will click on your ad. So it's not zero, but it's, it's so expensive. And, and it's so not, um, I'm not saying we never got customer from that strategy, but I don't think it's, 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 uh, it's a strategy that really nails it. Like I am not interested by 2% improvement. I'm interested by twenty percent improvement, fifty percent improvement. so if all if you have a team of one hundred and sixty people who focus on improving everything they do by two percent, you're dead if if you if they try to improve what they do by twenty or fifty percent, they will fail most of the time, but once they once they find the thing that improves twenty to fifty percent, you win. <laughs> so that's um that's that's my way of looking at it. and I think. It, it, most B2B SaaS I've seen are not looking at ads in a way that it's going to be, wow, 20% more, you know, really, really good. It's like yeah. small incremental improvements, and I, I don't think it's worth it, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, out of the box, again, like we talked earlier.
0: Yeah, I think I think social media is the place if you're you're going to kind of unbutton uh your shirt and be a little bit more relaxed social media is really the place and I, and I think frankly if you're not creative and if you're not if you don't have a fresh approach hmm. there's so much noise out there yeah. and there's so much con- content and there's so much great content yeah. compared to a few years ago that it, it's really difficult
1: um yeah your, brand- your boring social your boring corporate ad is not going to do well on social media that's for sure yeah
0: everybody uh, what's the thing no one Someone got fired for buying IBM, but they didn't choose to buy it because they had a social media ad. Mm. Um, what's that company? Do you know uh, for our, our English speaking audience or non French European people that might watch this show at a later date or today? Um, they might not know this, but I think their content is incredibly good and they do a great job on, on social media. Le Slip Francais, mm-hmm. do you know them? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but they're not That's B2B. A-
0: they're not B2B. They're B2C, that's correct. Yep. But uh, <laughs> such a, I just think they have such a fresh approach approach to content because um, what they do is they don't talk about... Le slip français means French underwear company, mm-hmm. yeah. basically. French men's, they don't, men's
1: underwear. French <laughs> men's underwear.
0: But they don't hardly talk about underwear. Mm. They talk about how to build a company, how to build a social media presence, how to build marketing channels. Mm. So their focus, their content is completely... Completely focused on another um, interest point than what you might think. And I think because I think if you go look like and you do an SEO search on on keywords related to underwear, you're going to see there's not a lot of traffic Mm. around uh, underwear. Um, But if you look about marketing and uh, different things like that, there's a ton of people that are interested in marketing. So they're Mm. able to tap a much bigger Mm. audience by doing that.
1: Yeah, and they they are they have to be creative because if you pay ten dollar a click for a, a, a men underwear, you it's already the, the it's the price of the thing. So it it doesn't work. In in B2B SaaS, if we pay ten dollar a click, oh, it's okay because our lifetime value is you know ten thousand or twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand, so we can pay ten dollar right. a click. So that's why b two c marketers are usually much better at being creative because they don't have a choice. They can't pay ten dollars a kick doesn't work uh, for them. so that's why usually when you see creative stuff that's 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 um exciting, like this like what the siphon is doing yeah. it, it's usually a b two c marketer so I'd love to see more b two c marketing tactics using b two b marketing <laughs>
0: that's really interesting um I think You really need to have a vision, a marketing vision, and I think someone at a senior level who has that marketing vision and then understand how, how social media ties into that. What are some things I missed here today? What are some other things you think I should have been talking about or we should have been talking about?
1: Um we should have been talking about how difficult it is to measure return on investment on social networks that have no links on them and there are two of them i can think of which are TikTok and um uh TikTok and Instagram
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and the reason is because in TikTok and Instagram it's it's barely if if you don't have specific you know uh hacks there's no way to figure out if this is sending Traffic to your site. This is sending value to your bottom line, and um, and there are a lot of people who are using Instagram and TikTok to look. You know, for for example, most of the influencer stuff is TikTok and Instagram. Most of it. Okay. There's almost zero influencer marketing done on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. Almost zero. So that's quite interesting because you're getting those influencers you are paying them to do an instagram or a tiktok for you for your brand for your product and there's no way you can track you know a native way you can track traffic generated so uh the hack that that is that is um uh, has been working for those are the link in bio stuff so you have basically you you're basically directing the traffic to your link in the link in your bio and that link in your bio is something you can set up on your end so like the, the hack to solve for that is the link in bio. And by the way, we're releasing a, a, an ROI link in bio feature uh, this, this week, basically. I think it's today. Uh, or you heard it here first, yeah. everybody. ROI,
0: yeah. LinkedIn.
1: So we, we, basically, lo- we, we basically took what everybody else was doing with the, their link in bio. And that's why we, it took us some time to release it. And we, we built it around the ROI measurement need that is our core uh, vision and value proposition. So that's one. That's the one thing, and, and I know it's a challenge. Uh, I know it's a challenge. Uh, and the second thing, and it's a passion of mine. So you're 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 going to recognize that. The second thing is a lot of brands have a hard time delivering ROI and bottom line impact on their social networks on their own, and and this is a struggle that we're having. I'm not going to lie to you. It's difficult. This is interesting. Okay. And what I, I have noticed is that if you're trying to do everything on your own as a B2B brand, you are usually very alone, very lonely. And it, and it's really hard because you're probably not as exciting as you'd wish. And you don't have an engaged audience as you'd wish. Uh, and the best way out or the best way forward is to work with other people, like to not do it alone. is to doing, doing, do it with others. And the two communities that we have identified for ourselves are our employees, it's 160 people. And they can help. And they're usually eager to help and happy to help. So how can we how can we leverage that and leverage that energy and that power? And the other type of uh, uh community is the we 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 call them our ambassadors, we can think we can call them influencers, whatever. So we've had an ambassador program for think five or six years i'm not sure but like a long time and those were those are people that i knew personally they were they were personal friends i met in social media conferences in the us and in the uk and there were like a dozen of them and they're all you know bloggers agency owners of the, the but they have an audience they have built their own audience and they have their own content and their own presence and we had you know a relationship with them and we said okay you know we, 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 like to help each other, and we're going to help you with this, or we're going to pay you something, and uh, you're going to help us spread the word about new features and new value in your case study, or how you're using the tool, how it's bringing value to you. And so whether it's ambassadors, external ambassadors, i.e. influencers, bloggers, whatever, or yeah. internal influencers, i.e. employees, Having a way to connect what you, what you do on social media and how you can include these people in that and how you can have them share your stuff and measure it is I think um, the, next, the next big thing. And uh, I don't want to... I think that the term that came to mind while you are talking about that is,
0: is kind of a network of micro-influencers.
1: Yeah, but micro-influencers that you already have and you already know. Yeah and how, assets. Yeah, how do you leverage that how do you make that work for you and 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 as a consequence not being alone trying to push your stuff on social but have an army helping you push your stuff on social and for me that's the next big thing and not to spoil any secret we're working on something that's gonna, that's going to be released in november in order to address that because i feel that i feel it's a problem we have very deeply and it's hard it's a hard problem to solve and I feel that if we're trying to solve it alone, um, creating bottom line impact on social without the help of others who can fight with us, then the fight's gonna to be too hard.
0: You know, this, this whole SaaS space, technology, whatever, B2C even, but what, you know, to develop, when, when I look at your organization and compare it to other organizations, I always, it comes down to one really simple equation, which is who uses their assets the best. Mm. Whether it's capital or people, it's like who exploits their assets the best? And so everyone's looking for a hack, the next best way to do things and make sure that they're doing better than the others. So it seems that seems right in line with that. Um, And I agree, you should never say anything that that someone else could say about you. So, you know, if someone says to me, oh, I have a great, I work for a great company. um, Yeah. Or my company is great that's one thing if i hear from a third party person that that's just a great company then you're like okay that, that's really something yeah um, so that absolutely makes sense mm-hmm. so you guys are working on something what what is the cut uh, well maybe you don't want to talk about what you're going to do around micro inference i'm kind of curious about
1: it. No, no i'm happy to talk about it I'll,
0: I'll be i'll be keeping an eye out for yeah. it in any but- case
1: First of all, we want to build something that's easy to use. And uh, we've seen a lot of uh, technology around that that are very, very convoluted and complicated. So that that's what, what, not what we want. We want to use something that you can try that you can play with. You can try because this is our DNA. You know, you can play and try Agorapulse today if you want. There's no cards. There's no credit card. You can go ahead and see if it's a fit for you or not. So we want something that fits that model. Um, so we- Be easy to use and easy to understand and easy to um, easy to learn, and uh, we want something that can apply the same way to in house or. or or, What we're building is something that you could you could um, deploy for uh, you know one hundred employees, one thousand employees. Um, you know, 10 influencers, ambassadors, bloggers, you know, 100, 500 of them, like make something that with Eve and simplicity can scale to very small to test the water and see if it's something that works for you to very large audiences. And, and obviously, uh, we want to measure everything that's happening through those channels. Like, who is doing what? What value does that bring? What traffic did that bring? What con- how many con- did they bring conversions? Who brought the most revenue for that? This and that. And yeah. uh, for me, that's the key. Because I'm I'm gonna admit a, a dirty secret. But we've had this ambassador program for five years. We've spent a ton of money on it. I have no clue if it's worth doing. <laughs> no idea. Uh, the only reason we're doing it is because I, as the CEO, is convinced it's the right thing to do. But when you don't have a founder or a C-level executive and, and ideally a CEO who thinks that doing something you cannot measure is a good idea, that thing never survives.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need a high-level sponsor.
1: Yep, absolutely. And if you don't
0: have a high-level
1: sponsor, you need to show the ROI, there's no, there's so, no escape.
0: Okay, so you have your pool of 170 employees. And these people are creative um they're all across you know different roles across the organization some of them customer facing some of them, who knows yeah. but but how do you get their good ideas out of them did you create like a chat for like hey put your or like a a working group where it's open to anybody where they can post they're like hey i have a great social media i think i have a social media idea i think we should consider doing and they can put something up there the genesis of an idea up there or how do you cultivate how do you how do you get those and harvest those ideas
1: Uh, you know, ideation and ID generation in growing companies is always a very difficult topic because, you know, we're in your 10 in the same room, there are IDs all the time. And actually the hard thing is to filter through IDs and just focus on the right ones. But because you're small and you have very limited resources, you also have the constraints of resources. So you can't do anything and everything because you just don't have time or money when you Fair get enough. bigger then you have more time and resources and people so now the risk becomes if you follow too many IDs at the same time then you're going to spread yourself too thin so the number one thing you need to do is to create very clear focus on what is what it is that the company is trying to achieve and that needs to be very limited like you the least things the least amount of things you have in the in the goals that you have for the company and you communicate to the whole team the the better like people should be able to remember this year we're focusing on one two and three maybe four but that's it those are the goals those are the key so once you've done that then they can have ideas that align with this because but if you don't have that then they're going to have ideas that align with nothing and even when you have set the goals and you have set the big priorities for the whole company that they can align with, you will have people who will come up with ideas that are absolutely not aligned with any of these. So being very strict on alignment with priorities and goals is the number one thing you, you have to do for, before you, you invest in ideation or generating ideas. Um, the second thing you have to do is not... Is, is well first listen to whatever suggestions, propositions and ideas not not shut them down, even if you, after the first ten seconds you already know you want to shut them down, don't do it after the first ten seconds, give it some space and show them that you're listening to them. so they feel that if they if this one's not the not the good one and it's not something you want to implement, they felt heard and they felt got a positive response so the next time they have an id they'll come to you because if you don't, if they don't feel heard and and don't feel like there's a chance for them to have a positive response they're just not going to come to you anymore so be open listen and when you dismiss the id because you're going to dismiss 80 percent of ids if not more i dismiss my own ids 80 percent of the time <laughs> uh, be very clear as to why they're being dismissed explain the process that you you use the framework that you use in the process that you use to dismiss the IDs, because that way, again, they're not going to be afraid to share their next IDs because they understand you didn't dismiss them because they're inferior people or inferior IDs. You dismiss them because they didn't fit within a framework. That's a clear framework that they can understand. And and the final thought on ID generation is, you know, make it... Create the space for those ideas to be shared and those, you know, propositions to be made, and include that in the culture. Because if the culture is whatever I say, I get a no, then nobody's going to have nobody's going to share ideas.
0: What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? I had a manager once who, um, whenever he had an idea that he thought uh, our team should follow. Instead of telling the group the idea outright, he would hold a meeting and he would ask a series of questions leading the team to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And so then it became the team's idea. Yeah, that's smart. And, and so then the team was really enthusiastic and he would be like, oh, you guys had a great idea today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, a smart, that's a smart person.
0: Yeah, you got to have the the, the, the that's why I think social intelligence is such a big part of our industry and, and why I'm excited whenever I see a company hit, because I know people will go on from that company and start other companies. And and each generation, the ideas get better and better. What mm-hmm. what you've done to be financially independent and be a um, uh, bootstrap is now increasingly kind of the, de- not default, but more and more companies are looking at this. And I think this is making for leaner, meaner uh, products. Yeah. I, I think it's a good thing in
1: the end. Yeah, you know, there's no right or wrong way to grow your company. Uh first of all, never forget that ninety-nine point ninety nine percent of businesses are bootstrapped because they don't have access to capital. That's that's just a fact. That zero point zero zero point one of businesses raise money. That's it, yeah. n- n- you should never forget that. N- one should never forget that. So the normal way to grow a business is not to get funded. The normal way to grow a business is just do what you can with what you have and build a business. Um, and some businesses can't be grown because the co-founders have the skills and the ability to build a business themselves. So it can't be grown without external funding. And they're, and they're not capital-intensive businesses, which is, is not capital-intensive. If you have, if you're one of your co founders is a developer and another of your co founder is a sales guy or whatever, like, and you're a marketing yeah. guy, then, then here you go. You can create a, a SaaS company. You don't need any external funding. You just, you just need to, uh, to, to get, you know, an employment uh, payment for a year or two and, and live in France. Um, <laughs> but if you are building an AI framework or AI infrastructure, you will need funding because this costs an arm and a leg and an eye. So you you will not be able to create an AI company without funding because the amount of hardware and computing power that you need to create AI products is so tremendous that without external funding, you're never going to be able to do anything.
0: I guess a uh, good point.
2: Um, okay, or, or a so- new car
1: company, electric car company, you know, uh, Mark okay, would have I, never created Tesla without external funding. It's impossible. It is so capital intensive that you cannot do that.
0: That's true. Good point. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm glad you you brought up Elon Musk mm-hmm. because when he's not measuring body parts or angling to measure, or body parts with um, Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. he's running uh, Tesla and that other little company. That's other little social media. Her name No, X. That's right. They just changed their name. Um, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about that? No, go ahead. What do you think about the name change? Um, well. What is your
1: initial gut reaction I, to that? I hope people are not going to think it's porn.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, is that a capitulation in the sense that he destroyed the Twitter brand? That there's no value left in the Twitter brand? I don't know. That's a good question. That's how I perceive it. Yeah capitulation that the brand has been ravaged by auto ravaged.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, from my perspective and it's only my perspective and, um, I can, you know, I don't know how the brand is perceived by others. Mm-hmm. I only know how, I, I don't know how the brand is perceived overall. I don't have stats or I don't have a survey or I I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are people who are raving about Twitter and love Twitter and are Twitter fans. I'm not one of them as a user. Um, what I see is the businesses that we work with, they have less and less interest in being active on Twitter, um, let alone advertising on Twitter. So what, what I see is that Twitter as a social network is not growing in usage with, among businesses that are, that are using social network and social media to, manage, to, to be present on social. It is the social network that has not grown with us in the past two years. Every other social networks have grown in number, like we have more Facebook pages, we have more Instagram accounts, we have way more TikTok accounts, you know, we have more LinkedIn. We have more of everything as we grow, but it remained flat, the number of accounts that we manage.
0: So marketers are engaging more with alternative uh, social medias. And not so much Twitter.
1: Yeah, that's what we see. And again, it's a data point of one company. And uh, right. I, I don't know what other companies are seeing, but for our company and our metrics and our numbers, and Twitter is not growing. It's 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 stagnating. And because our company is growing, that means Twitter is declining in usage in among the base <laughs> of businesses that we're working with. Uh, it may not mean that Twitter is dead or anything, because you could have, you know, journalists or individual contributors or or or, or you know, influencers, or whatever, were or loving Twitter and getting a ton of value from Twitter. But it seems that businesses are not getting a ton of value from Twitter. That's that's what I see from where I am. Less than the other ne- the other networks, which are still growing. So that's the first um, that's the first uh, observation that I can make. The second observation that I can make is that. Um, the, the way Twitter was managed is definitely very different from the way Twitter is managed today. And I'm not saying it was amazingly managed before it was not, (laughs) but it certainly is not managed well now either. Um, the way Twitter communicates with its partner is non-existent and they're very, they're, 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 they're a very hard partner to work with. Um, and it's probably because most people in the departments that you used to deal with have been let go or have quit, um, yeah. and, and I think,
0: or they made a lot of money and they just decided to move on.
1: Yeah, I, I, I you know, I don't know, but what I know is that the company was like eight thousand employees and is now less than a thousand. So when a company divides its its uh, headcount by eight, obviously there will be some road bumps. You know, there would be some issues and 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 communication is an issue that that it has created that there it's it's difficult to get the right level of communication and understand what's going on and and so the whole you know the whole api pricing thing was 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 a nightmare for us We, we never knew it changed every week or three months um we hardly knew what we had to do. It was very, very complicated. Very, very difficult. It, it, it basically ruined our Q2 entirely. It, my product guy almost burned out <laughs> because of that. So it's a, it's a hard company to to work with. It's always been a hard company to work with. So it's not an Elon Musk thing. It worked hard yeah. before as well. It was not easy. Um, Facebook Meta is a much easier partner for us. Like there, we have someone we can talk to. We have clear guidelines. We have clear um, communication. When things are going to change, we know in advance. Same with LinkedIn, uh, by the way. Twitter has always been a bit, um, a bit harsh for that. So that's the second thing I can share. Um, and again, it's not an Elon Musk thing, but he made it worse by, you know, reducing the the headcount from eight thousand to one thousand. So there, are, and I, you know, I, I understand it was necessary because the company was at the verge of bankruptcy. I'm always wondering why he bought a company at the verge of bankruptcy, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have done that, but it's this call, and it probably has a big master plan for that that I don't understand.
0: What's interesting is also the, the investors behind it. I mean, it's like a who's who of like Mark Andresen. Yeah. You know, these are some really sophisticated guys. It's Elon
1: Musk. I mean, it's the guy who send people to... Yeah, but, and is going to send people to Mars. He's the guy who revolutionized the car industry and disrupted the car industry. So, yeah, yeah, of course he completely yeah. disrupted. But
0: here's the thing I don't get, which is, and I think you touched on this, which is they've mishit on some of the things they announced. Like, okay, we'll do this author or these, uh, um, like, oh, you're a real person. So I forgot what their term is. The blue mark, blue mark yeah, blue check. Yeah. The blue check. You're the, you're a uh, the real deal and and then they kind of change that and then it sounds like they announced the api pricing and then they kind of change that yeah. so it sounds like they're not real clear on where they're going and i think part of that between the job cuts is you also see is that they haven't communicated a clear vision to anybody mm. like i have no idea where that company's going no. as what, a company what, and that would concern me as an investor no, com- if i were an it what the investor.
1: communication has been is this elon musk one this to be the everything app what i'm not sure and i think you're not sure and i think very few people are sure is what is the everything app what what what, what problem does it solve
0: and why did they need twitter to build the everything app when they shouldn't they have started a new company to do that
1: i, I mean know. i think elon musk always has always had this everything app dream in his in the back of his mind i think that that's what happens here and i think when he started x.com that's what twitter is going to be called um the the payment company that then became PayPal. I think that's that's the idea he had at the back of his mind, like an app where that could solve everything. I, you know, we'll see. Um, I hate to make bets against Elon Musk because a lot of people have made bets against Elon Musk and lost big time. <laughs> because it's it's good and it's smart and it's really really hard working. But I'm not sure about this one. I'm not. I, you know, this one may be the first time he fails at something uh, for real. Uh, seen, that we know about yeah that we know about yeah he's he's failed at many things but the first time that he makes he failed at many things but the bets the stake was not as high this is a 44 yeah. billion stake it's a high stake <laughs> let's face it uh same way yeah. spacex was a high stake and um uh tesla was a high stake this is 44 billion is a very very big stake and, and it may it may i'm not sure about this one i'm less confident than i i was about or even in the early days about the electric car thing and the space thing.
0: Well, next week when I have Elon Musk on here.
1: Well, good luck sure with that.
0: that good luck with that. Hey, a man can dream. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you, you brought up a point. I just want to touch on this because this is an important uh, point just for everybody to consider about this. So you, you're a PLG company. You said product-led growth, but there's another PLG, which is partner-led growth. Mm. Um, and good companies... Take care of their partners. Uh, they create a, a channel, a partner channel where there's conf- there's very little conflict mm. um, so you're not competing for the same dollars or euros, um, and you, you do things that help your partners grow as opposed to hurt their growth and so I, I think that's really interesting what you said between meta and Twitter, and that that's very insightful for me. Mm. So when a company isn't looking at its partners and isn't is making its partners' lives harder. That's a really bad sign, yeah. and it's it's a sign of kind of like lack of maturity at management level and a lack of awareness.
1: Yeah, I I think one of the challenges for them, all of them, is that I'm not sure they have a clear understanding of the value that we bring to them. And when you say partners, I'm you know true partners are bringing value both ways. Yeah. In our ecosystem, it is. Difficult to measure. Like, how do we measure the? How would we prove the value we bring to Twitter? I'm not sure. And and um, and what you know? What, how do we measure the value Twitter bring to us? I'm not sure either. Um, it, you know, have, if Twitter didn't have an API, which we are paying an arm and a leg for right now, uh, we would just we would not manage Twitter, and that would be it. And none of our competitor would manage Twitter, and that would that actually would that would be better for us. <laughs> that would save us a lot of money. Uh, and and you know, brands would have to go natively on Twitter. Very few of them would do that. So eventually, by providing an API, they're not helping us. They're basically forcing us to take it and pay for it because our now our customers expect it. If there was no API, we probably um, wouldn't. We probably would have. We, we wouldn't spend the money, and we probably would have uh, less problems. So, what is the value we get from them? I don't know. What is the value they get from us? I don't know. It. I'm not sure. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not an easy partnership to define, and it's not an easy partnership to evaluate. Uh, back to your point. So, for example, we are uh, building partnerships to distribute our product. That's easy. That's obvious. You know, the value that we obviously provide them with a product that they don't have, and they provide us with a distribution channel that we don't have in their country. So, the value there for the partnership is obvious. When you come to a social network and the software that are using their API, yeah. the partnership value is. I'm not saying it's not there, but I'm saying it's less easy to define value.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: I hadn't thought of that, but that, that's a really good point. I don't think most people would have thought out of that. In fairness to myself. Yeah. So a, if we if, if we take
1: yeah if we take Meta, um, they 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 have very specific goals. So for example, lately their goals were they want to increase the number of conversations using Messenger. So what they expect from their partner in in this um, uh, scenario is like, okay, what can you do with your product or in your product? So there are more conversations in Messenger from people who are using your product because you're doing smart things with it. So they have very specific expectations of what a good partner could do for them. And the the reason I'm sharing this specific example is that because it's not obvious if you don't define those very specific things that are expected on both sides, It is not obvious the value that's being brought by each other, to each other.
0: Hmm. Um, Mark Zuckerberg's on in two weeks on the show. So after Elon Musk, we're gonna have Mark Zuckerberg on. Absolutely. It's it's a good guy to have on. Um, Have you looked, I know your times, you're a CEO, so I wanna be respectful of your time, but if I can ping you with one more question, have you looked at threads?
1: I haven't, I have not. Personally? No. Yeah, I have not.
0: An organization are you guys uh, you must be keeping an eye on that.
1: Yeah, of course. Obviously, my team has already wrote about it. Um, and we've had a lot of questions from customers. Hey, when are you gonna add threads to Agorapulse? That always blows <laughs> blows my mind. I'm like it, this thing's like when there. It's
2: worth it. <laughs>
1: when it's worth it yeah when it's worth it when there's an api we can work with and when there's traction and there is a community there and there's engagement and there's like it's it, now it's become obvious that this is now a channel which is obviously not the case today like it's not even in europe it's only in the us yeah. uh, because of i guess gdpr concerns i don't know uh, so well, yeah also
0: it blew up like the first two weeks and then imploded after that so I don't know. it's not it's not it's clear how sustainable this is i have
1: seen so many of those initiatives like um what was the one the the, the audio social network uh two years ago oh crap got the name club
0: you're, okay. so you're a wee bit skeptical
1: yeah clubhouse you know like clubhouse was, was the big thing two three years ago um sure. meerkat uh, for live video blah 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 i've seen dozens of them uh and i uh <laughs> that's the problem with getting old you know i'm 51 almost and having we'll be been an entrepreneur about. for a long long time and having been in that industry for a long long time you're 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 carefully excited by new things <laughs> i.e you're not too excited until they become a real thing
0: well listen um so a little plug for aurora pulse uh i use it Really? Uh, I can't say that about everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use it uh, to manage a, a brand. I'm, my mother's a writer and publisher, so I use it for a thing. And so it is something. I find it pretty intuitive to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like to have to spend hours on YouTube uh, watching other. I gotta use nice if you can on something. Thanks. But it's good. Um, I need to learn more about how I can measure ROI, so mm-hmm. I can see the impact of this. And I'm gonna go look. Look at my strategy. Instead of talking about her book and the next mm-hmm. book coming out, maybe I'm going to talk more about. Um, turn it around. So thank you for the ideas.
1: You're welcome. Uh, it's a lot of work. So uh,
0: it is a lot of work, we, and
1: we don't do the work for you. That's unfortunate, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. but it's a lot of work, and and, and it takes time. It takes a, it takes a personal commitment yeah. to be creative and, oh, and yeah. to go through that process.
1: Big time, absolutely.
0: And like like you said, be regular. Mm. Yeah. To do for same For me, totally. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Are you going to get a little time for a little vacation this summer? I all am like, all the going uh,
1: to Corsica next Saturday and I'm going to sail to the north of Sardinia with my little rental sailboat and I'm looking forward to that. Bear yourself. Thank you, Steve.
0: All right. Have a great day. You too.
1: Cheers. Bye-bye.
2: Oh, always, always.
0: Really interesting to talk with people and, um, and learn there. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week, everybody. Uh, I would like to thank our guest Emer Erno. go on there. I think I think they have kind of like you can try it for free model like so many companies and, and then you can get on there and, and, and use it. it. makes sense for you um, next week I'll be off. I'm going to be going on vacation as well. I'm not going to Corsica. It's a long dream of mine to go to Corsica, but we'll have to figure that out in, in future time. And, um, but, uh, everybody, you have a great week and we'll see you here in a couple of weeks.